0: Welcome to the sermon podcast of First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ the St. Paul, located in Monta Minnesota. We are a suburban congregation united in Christ and grounded in the values of diversity, solidarity, and witness. You can learn more about us by going to FCCStPaul.org. Here is this week's sermon.
1: 10, God's wisdom for us today. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the
0: arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew
1: up before him like a tender shoot, like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one whom the people hide their faces and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain, he bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And his wounds, we are healed. By his wounds, we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us turned to our own way. laid on him the iniquity of us all. This ends this reading and this whole word. The second reading comes from Mark chapter 6 verses 1 through 13. Now, let us attend to that wisdom. Jesus left there and went to his own town. Accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him amazed. Where did this man get these things? these remarkable miracles he is performing. Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son, the brother of James, Joseph, and Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? They took offense at him. Jesus said to them, prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives, and in his own home. And he could not do any miracles there except lay on hands and on sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. When Jesus went around teaching from village to village, calling the twelve to him, he began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over impure spirits. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave the town. If any place does not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake off the dust of your feet as a testimony against them. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. This ends this reading of this holy word. This lesson for today is a tale of two stories. It's a lesson of two stories. The first one is about Jesus, the rejected prophet, in his hometown. Jesus goes back to his home, to his home congregation, if you will. They are shocked at what they see. Jesus gets rejected by the people he grew up with. The people cannot understand where his power comes, and so they reject him. Jesus responds by that classic line, a prophet is not without honor. Except in his own town, among his relatives, and in his own home, like everyone who has been, who's come back home, they want to take him down again. Yeah, it's interesting to me. That's not where the story ends still goes out. He still lays on hands and tries and, and heals people. Now, it's not the great miracles that he might have hoped, but he still goes out. is sending out the twelve onto, into the communities around. Commissioned and commanded, Jesus calls to the twelve. Go two by two. Jesus gives them the power over unclean spirits. Interesting marching orders, the disciples are given limited resources, no food, no money, no, not even an extra shirt. This is how they're told to interact with the people that they are encountering. Stay in one place. If anyone does not welcome you or refuses to hear you, as you leave, shake off the dust against them. This statement is to basically say, even we reject the dust, your dust. This is the interesting thing. When the ministry of the twelve takes place, they go out and tell people to This leads them to cast out demons and anoint with oil so that many are healed. As I was listening to these two stories, they feel very different. One is about Jesus' rejection, the other is about disciples fulfilling the call that Jesus had laid out lives. And yet, in the midst of these very different stories, there is a common theme of rejection. Jesus being rejected by his own. Jesus affirming that disciples should dust off their sandals once they get As I was thinking about this text, in my prophetic imagination, words of Isaiah come to mind from Handel's Messiah. He was rejected and despised. The uncomfortable truth of these passages is that rejection is a part of ministry. And there are both healthy and unhealthy responses to it. Rejection is a part of our lives the prophet foretells it, if Jesus lived it, if he told his disciples to expect it, we cannot expect to not have it. And what do To start off with the unhealthy response. Sometimes rejection can cause a sense of our identity. What builds a sense of identity out of rejection? Because I am A, B rejected. Now, It gives us a sense of who we are and it helps define us relative to others. And it builds resiliency in our identity. It can also help us build common cause with those around us those who are like A, in our case, or those who don't like B. Here's the problem. This concept of rejection, identity out of rejection bars us growing. It bars us from coming to terms with here God could be calling us. Forces us to lose a sense of self if he stops rejecting us. Once I was talking with a friend of mine and in the story he talked about At his 50th reunion in a small town in Iowa, and he was a gay man. He didn't really know what. Go out to the bar. I don't know what it is about rural America and bars being professional natures, but we'll let's just set that aside.
0: And around the table, as they were
1: having a beer, one of them admitted it must have been really hard for. Space? Does this solve the problem? Does it make it a nice little neat bow? It's a nice little neat bow. What does it do? If your identity is in your rejection, these questions become that much more harder because. It's not just about what they did. It's about how you define yourself related to that. Corollary to that is what happens if, we, if you change as a person so you're no longer A. Does those who reject you suddenly accept you? And what do you make of their ability to accept you so quickly? Well, the problem with this way of viewing the world is that we lose a sense of of an independent reality. If we only have A's in this corner and B's in this corner, then they will only look to their own facts and their own figures to justify their identity, and they will reject anything that the other side offers. We see this so easily in our media today. Conservatives like Fox, Democrats like MSNBC, There is no third option out there. There is no transcendent truth if we're stuck in this dual position. That's why this is an unhealthy response to rejection. Well, if that is unhealthy, Well, let's look at the text. I think it's interesting when we look at what Jesus did with the rejection of his hometown. He didn't just suddenly disappear. He didn't suddenly go away. He didn't take his miracle ball and walk and play somewhere else. Even though he was limited in his ability He still tried to engage. He still tried to make it better for them. Second of all, what is the recommendation? What is the command that the disciples are given? Dust off your sandals. Now, in both of these ways, these may seem to be in tension with one another. One is asking you to engage, the other is asking you to move on. And yet, I think there is this of disengaging while leaving the door open. I'm often thought about how people are taught to respond to when you have a family member who gets sucked into a political theory like what we find with QAnon. What the counselors and what the psychologists say to in those moments is be very clear about what you think is right but also give space for the relationship doesn't mean that you're going to solve the problem but you allow there to be space to keep the relationship going In conclusion, these rejections out, these definition out of rejections, rip and define us. We break down the sacred covenant that we have with one another. Being a citizen in our country, but if we find a safe space engage in a way where the definition is not bound to an unhealthy but healthy response to rejection. We can see our relationship is bound in forgiveness and reconciliation, which will transcend these limited things. maybe we can get a little bit deeper in this grand experiment of our nation. As I look at these stories, I come away realizing that rejection is a part of life. That there are both healthy and unhealthy ways of dealing away from the text is that we should figure out ways that we can be with one another, even in the midst of being rejected. Understanding that when others reject us, we don't always have to, by definition, reject we can disengage by keeping the door open. And while we may have some very real and palpable feelings about that, and there are emotional and reasonable arguments with one another, we understand that it is the relationship that transcends those things. May it be so for us. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: We hope today's sermon podcast was nourishment to your soul. If you'd like to know more about First Christian Church of St. Paul, please visit our website at Fcc St. Paul. Org. That's F-C-C-S-A-I-N-T-P-A-U-L dot org. May God be with you in the coming week.